Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to the Gym and Tonic podcast with myself, Stephen Geddes. We cover all topics, health, fitness, and wellness related. We talk to special guests and industry leaders and get them to share their stories and experiences along with sharing our own journey and thoughts of this industry. Most importantly, we love what we do and we invite you to share your thoughts on our social media platforms. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's guest is David Heffernan. Uh, so I'm delighted to have David on board. I've known David for quite some time. Um, and he is a native of Ballina. David currently plays with Connacht and also he is an Irish international. So um, really looking forward to picking David's brain today. Um, Dave, what's the story, man? Hey, Stephen, what's crack? How's it going? Not too bad at all. How's it all with you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Taking it easy now for the rest of the day, enjoying the weather. Good. So you're back in Ballina, that's right, yeah? Yeah, and no, I've been back since uh, since before the lockdown, yeah. Um, I kind of just came down for a few days once I uh, can't train in. Um, and then the announced lockdown, so I just, I've been here for the last seven or eight weeks or however long it's been, so yeah. Um, we'll get into that in a couple of minutes and training and nutrition and things like that. But first thing I want to say is I, I would uh, talk to, to my clients quite a bit about about progress not being linear and, and that reaching the goal isn't always how you would imagine it. And that really rings true when it comes to your career. Um, so we might start at the beginning. I know you started off as a, in the back row when there was transitions there and, and that sort of brought you to this point. But will you start by introducing yourself and, and I suppose um, giving everybody an insight to where you started off and, and when you played mini rugby and, and your sort of, I suppose, your steps up through the ranks. Uh, yeah, so I suppose at the start, uh, I would have played a lot of sports when I was younger. Uh, when I was a kid, I played a bit of everything. Um, yeah, soccer, uh, Gaelic football, rugby, um, anything really at all. Uh, and I loved it, really enjoyed really enjoyed everything. Probably um, started playing rugby with Balanau when I was probably seven or eight. And same with Stephen Knight's then as well. Um, and yeah, uh, I probably... Gaelic football was my first love, really. Um, got really into that um, when I was probably 14, 15. Uh, we had a fairly good good underage team at the time, and um, that's, um, that's what I really became interested in. Um, and then from there, when I was about 15, I went to school in Black Rock up in Dublin, and that's when I kind of started playing rugby a bit more seriously. Um, wasn't very good at the at the time. I was probably on the fifth or sixth team um, when I went up there. Um, but then, kind of slowly, made my way up the ranks a bit, and I made the squad for the senior cup team in the end. But uh, only on the bench. But um, I really enjoyed it. We did an unbelievable team. There's five or six lads have gone on to play for uh, international from that team. Um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, so after that, then uh, Nigel Carlin probably gave me a shot with the academy in Connacht. Um, sorry, with the the under twenties first, and that went pretty well that summer. And then the first game that season, I broke my leg and kind of threw everything out uh, at the window really. And I went back to college, my um, first year in college in Dublin, and kind of no uh, no ambitions really after that to to play professional rugby. Um, and I ended up playing joining Lansdowne, and it was kind of at the back of my mind then. Um, playing for, for bigger honours, but I, I went back and played under-20s again with Connacht that summer, and uh, off the back of that, I ended up making the 
the Irish in the twenties team um for the Six Nations and I ended up getting a cap there as well. And then Nigel eventually gave me the Academy contract with Connacht, so I moved out to go away after that. And that was probably when I was about twenty. And then from there I yeah, as you said, I was back row. Um did about a year and a half and was really enjoying it. Uh felt like I was making a bit of progress, especially in the first year. And I, I did get I did get a cap. Um I played flanker uh in one of the games for Connacht against Scarlets. Uh but then the second season kinda of progress was stalled a bit and it was suggested to move to Hooker and didn't really want to initially, I had no interest, but um as time wore on I kinda of talked to a few more people about it and they thought it would be a good idea, especially Dan Dan McFarland, um he would have been um fairly influential in that regard for me and yeah I decided to go ahead with it um, I thought it would be a lot easier um, than it's ended up being and it, yes as you said it's taken a lot longer to kind of to get comfortable with it than, than I probably would have expected initially but I'm delighted just looking back that I did make the move um, and yeah I mean it's been it's been very very up and down um, in terms of progress and uh, you're kind of hoping things go from from A to B fairly directly sometimes, but uh, unfortunately doesn't always happen, and it uh, didn't happen um, for me at some stages, but you learn a huge amount from um, from when you do fall back then as well, so um, yeah, I mean, that kind of brings, that's kind of the, the intro anyway, um, so yeah. Yeah, like it's interesting listening to your story there because yeah, 100% success is not always linear. And I think one of the themes across all of these um, interviews that we've done is, is just being able to be adaptable and you're sort of living proof of that, changing from back row into the hooker and then uh, like moving up the ranks and getting your Irish cap, uh, which came in 2017, wasn't it, against USA? Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first uh, first go with the the Irish squad, um, and I really enjoyed it, uh, the build up to it. But I was probably disappointed with how it went in terms of the performance, um, and I didn't I didn't get back in there uh, after that, um, which is fair enough because I didn't perform really. So um, yeah, that was disappointing. And then obviously I got a chance again uh, to get back, did a bit of training with the squad this season. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was really enjoying it, uh, obviously. And then things kind of just came to fairly abrupt halt then the season. So, yeah. You got a call up for Six Nations, wasn't it? And then, as we said, things just, I suppose everything happens for a reason. But this is, I've tried to encourage everyone that's been watching these, and I know that I've spoken to, to sort of use this time to, in somewhat, to try and come out stronger on the other side. And there's always different types of training and that you can do, albeit you can't step on the field and... And, and, and practice your skills and things there, but there's other there's other facets of your game I'm sure you can work on. What are you looking at or what are you doing? Uh yeah, doing a lot of um kind of S and C work. So Connacht would have sent us out uh fairly detailed programmes to do Sorry, it's cut off there. Uh, yeah so, so Connacht would have given us a fairly detailed programme. Um so working through that, we're still um, still expected to do quite a bit. They would have sent us out some equipment as well. Um, so we've been lucky in that regard. Uh, but yeah, you just have to get a bit more creative with, um, with what, what you're working with sometimes. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to use it as a bit of a S&C block, uh, get a bit stronger, uh, work my fitness and 
fairness to my dad, he's been he's been pretty good, helped me out with a bit of skill work as well. So um, we do a bit of throwing with him and stuff. So uh, yeah, many good uh, we, we we might take back a step actually. Um, you mentioned your dad, Ivan. There, um, in your early days, you said you were quite a you were quite keen. GAA was that I, I think GAA and rugby was probably ingrained in you as a as a youngster through your father's accomplishments and things isn't that correct he won a, a county medal under 21s and he played with this Stephen Knights who I know you were with and shout out to those guys they've been great when did you make when did you really was it Black Rock when you when you transferred into Black Rock that you said okay rugby is where I'm going to go with this now or when did you sort of make that um definite decision that okay this is the route I'm going to take and maybe take a step back from the GAA uh, probably not till I was in about six year, um, or maybe after I would have played, still played, uh, still played Gaelic a lot up until I was about seventeen or eighteen, and it was only when I left school then and I started playing with the Connacht in the twenties. That was the first time any coach kind of asked me to make a call between the two of them, um, and because it was a bit more professional set up with the rugby, that's what it ended up going for. That was all it was really. Um, I think it was. One of the coaches I had at minor just just asked me to kind of commit to one or the other, and I that then had kind of had to make the call, and I went with the rugby then. See, so yeah, it was a tough decision. I I loved I loved getting football, but um, I just yeah at the time it seemed like rugby might might offer something a bit more, so that's what I went with at the time. Yeah. At that time, were you thinking of it? Was was a career in the sights, or was it as you said, just there was more being offered to you? For- um, probably just a bit more professionalism being offered with the the rugby at the time, um, and yeah, that was it really. To be honest, it wasn't wasn't a huge amount of t- thought behind it. I didn't have any grand ambitions at either. Like um, it was it was just it was just the fact that they asked me to pick one of the other of the other, and uh, at the time I was with the sub academy in Galway, and they were putting us up there, and we were training four or five days a week. Pretty much full time, so uh, I really enjoyed that, and that's kind of what I went with at the time. Yeah, you you spent quite a few years, I suppose, perfecting your skill in a in a in a specific position, and you were approached one day, um, and asked to. And I've read it. I've read a couple of interviews about this that you sort of knew that it was a, a sort of choice you had to make. That it was code for either change or you probably won't get too much further in the position you're in. So you made a, make a pretty difficult decision after putting so much work into the position that you played um, and eventually moved into hooker. How, how difficult was that decision for you and what was the transition like um, and did it take you long to make up your mind? Uh, it took me about a month or two to make up my mind when it was first put to me. Um, I think it was probably... Uh, October, November, my second season at the academy, and I think by Christmas we made the call that we were going to go ahead with this. Um, and yeah, it was tough. It was um, it was a lot of kind of a lot of bad days where lineups probably weren't going too well, and it was all in your head, and wasn't able to deal with it properly at the time, and was getting very frustrated with things, and was questioning whether it's the right call. Um, and then. Yeah, I don't know. I think I probably get a bit of help outside of this. Um, and McNulty was very good to me um, at the start as well. Uh, I've met up, met up with him a couple of times and kind of changed my approach a bit to how I was looking at it. Um, so he was really good to me in that regard. And yeah, look, I just spent hours and hours practicing throwing um, nonstop and I still, still put a lot of work into it. Um, 
you know, it's 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 a constant thing you're battling with, really. Um, you're just trying to get better at it all the time. So, um, but yeah, I suppose the, the big a big one was just moving away from seeing it just as a technical skill to uh, looking at the mental side of it as well and, and trying to get a better grip of that. Um, and that's something you're working on all the time. That's not something that just clicks, unfortunately, and you have it. It's it's a constant work on. Mm. Um, how how was that presented to you? Was it something that you thought, okay, if I if I make this switch now, and and you're essentially, I didn't, I never played rugby. I love watching it. I'm always down at the game from the guys, and a few of the other lads. Like they 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 have explained to me the difficulty in changing from one that position into another, and you're basically relearning from the start. Those obstacles that you've sort of had to challenge yourself with and, and overcome, do you think they've helped you get to the position that you're in now and, like, potentially you, you had just gotten the call up again for the Six Nations? Um, have those sort of adversities and, and obstacles helped you um, to get to this point? Uh, I hope so. Um, yeah, yeah, look, you try and, try and take a bit of learning from everything that happens, whether it's good or bad. And, um yeah, I mean, I suppose dealing with adversity um, does make you a bit stronger at times and probably has helped. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just something that, like, as you get older as well, you, you probably you begin to care a bit less about uh, things or you put things in a bit more perspective anyway. So it's um, you used to kind of see if I had a bad game, I'd be like fed up for the week or we're not really pissed off um but now you try and you try not you obviously analyze the game and and you, you try and figure out what went wrong but i try not to let things get get to me too much um so creating a bit of separation between the rugby and the rest of your life as well that's that's probably been a fairly important step for me yeah you said it was a difficult enough transition with i suppose ups and downs and some days maybe it wasn't just going as well it to go for you when did the uh, when did it eventually click and that position started like did, did you start to feel comfortable in that position and realize that okay yeah this is where I, this is where i need to be and 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 then start i suppose seeing everything progress when when did that all click for you uh i don't think it's clicked to be honest but um yeah you can definitely see progress at times um i suppose when Andy Frank came in, that was a that was a big big step in the right direction for me. I had a tough season the year before that. Um, he had a bit of belief in me. I, I did all right in the preseason, and um, he picked me as captain for a couple of games when Jared was injured that year. And yeah, that was a big confidence boost. Um, I kind of showed that maybe the the work I was doing was was starting to to pay off a little bit. Um, but yeah, as you said, there's still there's still lots of kind of lots of learning to take all the time and I, I by no means think I'm, I'm there or anything uh, in that regard um, still still plenty to work on still lots to learn yeah that's a great a learn and a growth mindset like that is, is fantastic that's the way you continue to get better isn't it you see so many people out there that are just closed off to I suppose criticisms or to to like that change in their game and that and, and the fact that you've accepted them has has really helped you make that step up. Um, what was the so May May of two thousand seventeen you played against the USA, you got the call up, you travel out to New Jersey, wasn't it? I remember watching the game and how did how did that feel putting on the green shirt for the first time and, and taking that step up? Did you feel you were ready? 
um, what sort of emotions were going through to your mind in the lead up to that and, and indeed when you got out there? Yeah, obviously, uh, it was a proud moment for myself and my family um, being able to put on the jersey. Um, Hello. What was the week like in the build-up? I, I can't remember exactly. Um, I was obviously pretty nervous. Um, I, I did think I was probably ready, but I didn't perform anywhere near I, where I wanted to, so um, so it probably wasn't. And, uh, yeah, um, look, it was it was a proud day, but... Um, it wasn't what well, didn't didn't end up the way I wanted to, and uh, I was disappointed with it, and didn't didn't feature for the rest of the tour, um, and rightly so. And yeah, that was that was it really for for that that summer. Um, that was the end of that campaign, and um, but look, I learned a lot from it, and you kind of yeah, you learn to um, deal with making mistakes, and um, I probably do feel um, I've benefited from. From that experience a huge amount and, and even being in that environment you learn an incredible amount from some of the senior players that are there and obviously Joe Schmidt's an incredible coach so uh, having the three or four weeks at him there was was um was massive for me as well and you just take on board a lot of stuff from some of the more senior pros that were there. Yeah surround yourself with I suppose like-minded people and positive influences and you're in that sort of set learn something from how did you deal with, you mentioned you didn't, you obviously didn't get, you, you didn't get to play for the rest of the campaign. Um, how did that feel to you and how did you overcome that? Because that can often make or break somebody when they get their first bit of a knockback. Um, and rather than, I, I suppose, accepting it, you sort of continue to sort of build up your profile and get better. And again, that's led you to where you are now. So how do you, because I think people are dealt, even with this whole COVID-19, people are dealing with the whole being locked locked down and being, maybe not being able to do certain things. And I'd often say that you're either come out of this, you're, you're going to come out of this at the end, either stronger or you're going to come out the exact same. So how did you make sure to sort of, I suppose twist that mindset and say, right, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work now, work harder than I've worked, and I'm gonna get um, start building and get that call up again. Um, I just kind of went back to just building good habits will be the big one, and just trying to rely on your kind of habits and routines, the stuff you do every day, and like, you know, a lot of people talk about being motivated for training, but for me, it's kind of your habits you fall back on um, and putting things in place to make it easier to, to achieve those goals and um, it might take ages and you might feel like you're going nowhere at times but um, if you just keep doing those little things day in day out they'll just keep adding up um, and yeah it's frustrating at times but if uh, if you keep going with it you, you do eventually see the progress um, mm -hmm. yeah your habits definitely determine your outcome rather than the other way around um, Again, like that, it's something that I'm trying to instill in my clients all the time. Daily routine, things that they do every single day, and and then a measurement system that they can look back and say, okay, yeah, I've grown this much or that much. What's your sort of, what is your routine looking like? What does it look like normally, and what's it looking like at the minute with all this, uh, with everything that's going on? Um, my routine is it's pretty much it's quite similar in a lot of ways to what I'll be doing uh, in season. Um, obviously, just without the the team training, but oh, like I suppose the first week, the first week or two uh, when this all happened, I was a bit all over the place. And I suppose as, as rugby players, we have everything scheduled for us most of the time. So uh, I lost 
uh, lost that a bit for the first week or two and it was kind of um, a bit all over the place. But uh, once you kind of pencil in a few things and, and schedule schedule things properly, uh, you get your routines back in place. Um, so, yeah, just trying to get up early, get your training done relatively early in the mornings, not um, not leaving things till later on in the day. It's easy just to procrastinate, um, which I did do for the first couple of weeks especially. Yeah. But, uh, okay, time yeah, is just, just putting a plan in place. Um, and yeah, as you said, just making a checklist or whatever and ticking off those boxes, things you need to do every single day. So whether that's training, meditation, whatever it is uh, you need to do, whether it's a stretching routine, um, anything you need, just, just write it down and, and keep ticking it off day and day out. Have you got weekly calls or anything like that to keep you accountable? Are you checking in much with the rest of the team? Or yeah, we do. We we're like we've um, a gym program set out to our, one of the apps we have, and we just plug in the stuff we're doing um, each day. And then yeah, we we do have a, a group call then like once a week or whatever, um, just checking in, make sure guys are guys are all in good spirits and keeping well. Yeah, it's great that you know that the first couple of weeks that it was a little bit difficult until you sort of, I suppose, found your feet again and, and reset your routine and put some plans and goals into place. Um, I think everyone's having that issue at the minute. And again, it's just sitting down, being aware of that. And if you're aware of it, then you can change it. And if you can change it, then you can start getting back on track and working towards your goals again. Um, what's your nutrition looking like at the minute how did you did you find any difficulty with that? getting back home comfort sort of thing the mammy cooking for you and that sort of crack like <laughs> how's that yeah. going yeah no i did big time i haven't this is the longest i've spent probably at home uh since i was in school so yeah i'm not really used to someone else doing a lot of the cooking and stuff so uh probably did overindulge a bit again for the first couple of weeks but uh as i said earlier once you kind of get back into routine a bit um and yeah i started doing a, a lot of it's a bit more cooking myself anyway. Um, but yeah, look, it's easy to fall into bad habits when you're um, when you're probably at home um, and you have other people cooking for you and stuff like that. So, um, But as I said, it's just that getting back into the routine. Yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. Routine. All about your routine. Um, so talking about, I suppose we, we've talked about habits and routines and things like that what's your goals going forward obviously you want to get back into the Irish setup you want to get back on on the pitch get back playing um I suppose sooner rather than later but where are you starting at in over the next sort of three to five years where where do you think life is going to take you and what are you hoping to achieve in that time um no I'd love to play for Ireland again obviously uh that'd be uh one of the big individual goals um to get back um get back on that team be pretty pretty special to to get back in after a few years um probably appreciate a lot more of this this again if it if it does end up happening um and then to have more success with Connacht um yeah we kind of we were doing okay this season uh, in some regards but we we weren't exactly where we wanted to be so um if the season does restart um or going forward um having more success to the team and, and trying to win another trophy with Connacht is obviously um, is one of the biggest ambitions like the the last time even though it was only probably a bit part player in, in that in that squad um, the the whole the whole build up to it the couple of weeks after was um, really really special and, and something you'll never forget so to try and do that again would be huge yeah you, you've had uh, you've had a pretty great career with Connacht I mean you're there 2013 was it 2014 Mm, longer than that, unfortunately. Uh, 2011, I think, was when it was. 2011. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you started, you you were sort of 
juggling between rugby and juggling getting your degree in UCD, was it? How, uh, yeah, yeah. How did you juggle those two things? And I suppose, what was it initially when you, I suppose, went to Ivan and your mother and said, listen, I'm going <laughs> to take this other path now and step away from college? Because I think conventional, you know, we're, we're always told, no, you go through school, you get your leaving cert, you go to college, you do this, you get your degree, and then you go out and then you can do whatever you like. Um, and it's often the people that, I suppose step outside that system is are the happiest and the people that really end up doing what they want to do so how did you sort of approach that situation was it difficult juggling the two initially and when you eventually made the decision that okay no rugby is going to take uh, is is first and foremost my priority now and um, how did everyone take that around you um well I, I yeah so i was i was new to the initially and um yeah uh when i got offered the academy contract with connacht i I obviously had to leave UCD, but I was lucky enough I was able to transfer um, into commerce and NUIG instead. So I never, I never actually gave up. Um, mm. I never gave up studying, and I, I've kind of kept kept with that ever since. Like, my, yeah, parents would have kind of instilled me the importance of education uh, from a fairly young age. So I still try and keep doing, um, keep doing a bit. Um, I did, I did a master's after as well since I've been down in Galway. So, um, I kind of haven't haven't really stopped studying so I, I don't think you need to make a a decision between one or the other but yeah you need to prioritize obviously and um I remember my mum was not happy at all when I told her I was going to move down to Galway um yeah she wasn't uh, she wasn't best pleased at all so um that was a tough conversation uh but eventually she came around to it and I think yeah look I think we're all all everyone in the family's delighted with it now in the end um but I do I do think it's it's um, important to keep doing something in the background while you're playing sport. Like you kind of you do have a lot of free time as well, um, and it does take your mind off things if you feel like you're under pressure as well when you're playing. Um, and you have something to do when you get home, rather than just think about training or think about the match of the weekend. Uh, it's it's good to have something that takes your mind off things. Yeah. So did you find then that the two of them sort of complemented each other well, or did you find did you ever find that the workload sort of got the got the better of you and did like did you ever struggle there the way you I suppose the way you presented there is that it was actually a, a nice thing to be able to come back from rugby and study <laughs> which a lot of a lot of people would sort of go Jesus no I've had enough here you know how did you yeah. Uh, um yeah like it, it can be tough at times but um just getting the balance with this uh just again just scheduling a bit of a bit of time in the week when you might not be as busy to to do a bit of study um like generally, I find it fine. It was around exam time. It, it is tough, um, and yeah, there is a bit of um, it, it can be pretty hard. It can be pretty hard then, or when you have an assignment due or something that that couple of days before can be a bit stressful. But yeah, overall, I think the pros definitely always the cons, um, and you just need to you just need to be fairly strict with yourself of when you're going to study and just make sure you you get stuff done. And it can be easy to just not offer the rest of nice, but. Um, yeah, look, it's it's um, it's definitely definitely worth doing, and I don't think I don't think anyone should just completely can the education yeah. side of things to to follow their their sporting dreams or whatever. Because I think the two are fairly compatible. Yeah, I think the, the procrastination. You've mentioned that a couple of times. It can be it can be a very real problem with a lot of people, myself included. It's one of the things I've been trying to um, sort of address. 
as like I said earlier, if you're aware of the problem, you can at least work on it. And when you're putting things on the long finger, just, things just don't end up getting done. So again, going back to what you said, your routines and your habits, um, has it, and, and being able to adapt, like has it changed much over the course of the few years? And now that your master's is done and dusted, do you find you've got much more time to sort of focus in and zone in on, on the more important things for you right now? Um, yeah, like, I mean, you're kind of always zoned in for, for you always have to be zoned in for training um um and yeah i'm still actually doing a couple of like courses uh in my spare time so i'm trying to keep a little bit busy um with that and I do a little bit of reading as well um so i'm trying to keep my mind engaged uh somehow when i'm when i'm playing so i i just i just find it's it's important to have something outside of rugby um because i think it can take over it can take over your, your life a bit uh, too much and you just, you don't think about anything else. So um, I think having something on the side is, is really important. So I, well, I've, I've done most of my formal education, thankfully. Um, I still like to try a few other things or do a bit of reading to, to keep the mind a little bit stimulated anyway. Yeah. I, I spoke to, um, I spoke to David Gillick last Friday, the Irish Olympian and uh, an ex-athlete. Uh, and he was saying about like that having an exit plan that so many athletes, when they come to the end of their career, that they've nothing really to fall back on, no plans. And just like you're saying there about having your degree and reading and, and to continue to learn, sort of sets you up really for that when the eventual, the inevitable eventual, eventually that you do have to sort of leave rugby and, and, um, and things change a little bit for you and having that plan, sort of that exit plan. Yeah, no, it's... it's... Massively important to have an exit plan. I think uh, Rugby Players Ireland are pretty good for that as well. They kind of drill it into players, um, maybe more so than they would have in the past. So it's important to have... Um, look, I don't know what I'm going to do when I finish playing rugby. Um, I have no idea. But um, it is important to have things ticking around in, in the background and you know, taking a day to do work experience when you have a bit of time off or something like that. Um, it's vitally important for... For anyone, anyone playing rugby or playing any kind of professional sports, because it is fairly daunting when you're you're coming to the end. Like, and yeah, not really getting any younger either. So, kind of have to figure out what path you might want to go down. And um, fortunately, we've we've plenty of opportunities to get in with some businesses and try and do work experience or mentorship programs and stuff as well. And um, players Ireland are, are great for that. So, um, that all that kind of stuff helps a lot. Yeah, because I think it goes back to mental health. Um, one of the phrases we used, again, with David was that they often say athletes die twice when they finish their career and then, and then obviously at, at the end of their life as well. And mental health can be a huge, a huge sort of problem. And if you've not sort of somewhat set up for that in advance or you've not, I suppose, dealing with these things all, you know, like dealing with obstacles as they come up, like you have, all help to build a stronger mindset and, and helps you to, I suppose, the, the eventual, it does happen that you can sort of deal with those things much better. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, kind of setting yourself up for for that, like do, do as much as you can uh, while you're playing or training to set yourself up for what will happen after because it's, it's going to be quite tough and um, most people don't land on their feet and something they want to do straight away, so um I suppose, yeah, just putting things in place while you're playing um, and try and build some sort of foundation for 
uh, for whatever after rugby is really, really important. Sorry, there we lost you for a second, I think. I know the, um, the band well, it's just with so many people on board. Did you ever in your in your career, I suppose, stepping up to Connacht and then eventually stepping up to the um, the Emerging Ireland squad and then getting into the Irish squad, was there any ever any nerves or ever any I, I asked you already, did you feel like you belonged there? But did you ever look to any of the sort of the, the guys that were at the top of their game at that stage? Were you ever in shock and awe? Did you ever like what was what was it like stepping up and having the likes of Rory Best there or having all these great athletes around you? Uh, yeah, look, you do you do get very nervous at times. Um, definitely, that was something. Especially when you're stepping up initially, um, it's it does take a while to get used to. And you step up to Connacht, um, and there's guys like John Muldoon there, guys you would have looked up to when you were a kid, and then stepping up again, there's more senior guys. So um, I suppose that's a that's a challenge you face uh, the whole time coming up. And yeah, I think nerves are. Um, and how, learn how to deal with them are a massive, um, uh, massive, massively important part of being a professional player. And I think I've been able to manage that a little bit better as I've got older. But um, it was something that would have probably impacted me a little bit coming up. And if you had any, like for any of the younger players that are watching there, it's funny I see names jumping up here and there from from the Ballina teams and things like that. And I know there's probably a lot of them that are that are sort of. At the minute, they're they're tearing their hair out because you know they can't get on the field and they can't get out with their mates and things like that. Like from your experience, from from sort of day one up to this point, what would you what would you say to all those people that are watching and even those that are just I suppose struggling at home that maybe they're not involved in sport or that? What would you say to get them moving and and to to sort of help them going forward? Um, yeah, I suppose it can be a pretty tough time at the moment and. One of the frustrating things is there's no. I know there is some sort of plan in place now, but you don't really know when things will be back to what they normally were. Um, but I suppose training was just putting a plan in place. Um, and as I said earlier, um, whatever, make a checklist of things you need to do every day or at the start of the week. Just just have a checklist of stuff I'm going to do. I'll try on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. Um, and do the little bit you can with um, whatever space you can get access to. Obviously, um, it's a bit a bit tougher at the moment, but I mean, there's there's still so much you can do um, with the gym's clothes and yeah, you know, bodyweight training, just going for a run, anything like anything to get moving. And yeah, if you're struggling a bit, I suppose it can it can make you feel a lot better as well. And um, yeah, like any time I'm a bit stressed out, I think exercise is probably the the best thing for me, I just feel a million, million times better after it. So, um, just put a plan in place, get running, do some sort of, some sort of home workout. There's a million different examples uh, online of stuff you can do. So, um, yeah, just try and do something, try and get moving. Mm. Are you enjoying the time at home at the minute? Like it's obviously, as you said, you haven't spent as much time at home in a, in in quite a few years. So it must be it must be a little bit different. Are you sort of relishing the moment, or is it getting to the point where you're eager to get going again? Like, <laughs> uh, no, I'm eager to get going uh, rugby wise again, definitely. But uh, I am enjoying the time. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, like all of us are back here at the moment. Um, so my sister was studying over in Croatia. Um, she's back home. Uh, my sister works up in Dublin as well, and. And it's the first time the five of us have all been back here for an extended period of time. That's not Christmas or a funeral, unfortunately, for uh, since we were in school. So, um, 
Well, I think we're all we're all enjoying it, yeah. And look, we've been blessed with the weather, thankfully as well. So that's made a big difference. I, I don't know how nice it would be for us stuck in the house in December, January. But um, yeah, look, I'm I'm enjoying the time here. Um, we'll probably never get the opportunity to spend this much time here again. So um, yeah, I I am enjoying it. Yeah, the weather has been incredible. And actually, was it from from yesterday that they increased it from two k to five k? So for those for those that are going out and they're doing a two k loop for you know five or ten times. It makes it a little bit easier now that we can sort of that the radius has been expanded, um, and definitely getting out and getting out in like the release of the endorphins just from getting the training and then getting the your V from the sun like it's it's absolutely beautiful. I, I'd have to say, initially when when the lockdown was announced from a I suppose a, a business point of view, I was a bit sort of God knows where what's going to happen. And you straight away, your switch tells you to start looking at the negatives. And I started, started saying to myself, you know what? There's nothing we can really do here. Only, you know, sit back and find, find some positives and, and start to enjoy ourselves. And I definitely, the, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've somewhat enjoyed the, the sun, the extra bit of training, the extra time that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah, look, yeah, look it's all completely out of control. Uh, so um, I was pretty frustrated for the first couple of weeks, uh, like yourself, and... Um, but yeah, once you kind of just forget about that and try and look about the positives, um, there's a lot of good that can come out of it as well. Um, so yeah, I saw you smile. I've gone to Yaki's comment there. <laughs> I've, I've seen a couple of smart ones coming there. One of the questions: How do you manage to stay tanned uh, all year round? <laughs> uh, the weather's been weather's been pretty good here in Bangla, so there's no tanning beds now. Anyway, you'll have that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, listen, Dave, you've been, you've been absolutely fantastic. I always finish these with um, you've given some advice there. It's been, it's been great. Um, always finish these with a, a, a quick fire round, um, and then if anybody has any real questions, there we can we we can address those. Um, but yeah, if you don't mind, just a couple of couple of quick fire questions, and it's just answer how you feel. You know, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, most memorable moments in rugby. Uh, Ken play for the Barbarians was probably the best yeah. one. That was number one. Okay, good. Uh, greatest strength? Jesus, Tan. <laughs> I think they'll agree with you there. Greatest weakness? Greatest weakness? Um, a pretty sweet tooth. Yeah, jelly babies, jellies, that kind of stuff will be will be my crib tonight. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your 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 reading at the minute. What what sort of what are you reading? Um. What am I reading at the moment? We we actually had to do a book review there for uh, Connacht um, and our red team of teams. It was about uh, General Stanley McChrystal and how the US Army dealt with um, Al Qaeda in Iran. So that was or in Iraq. Sorry, uh, that was quite interesting. Yeah, just a book on leadership. Excellent. Excellent. Called Team of Teams. Team of Teams. Yeah. Teams of Teams. Um, if you had the option, if you could have two people over for dinner, who would it be, past or present, rugby or not? Uh, two people over for dinner. Uh, Jordan Peterson would be quite interesting. I like yeah. him. Um, maybe Elon Musk. He's a strange character, but he's incredibly smart. So, be interesting to pick his brain. Yeah, Musk is pretty good. And you said Jordan Peterson as well. Um, but I read Musk's biography there recently, and he's just had a. He's, it's it's mental, like like yeah. the stuff. Um, if you could swap shirts with one player, who would it be? 
Swapshirt's one player. I, I don't know. Bundyaki, maybe. Bundyaki, because he's watching. <laughs> <laughs> Balnau or Galway? Balnau. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Craig Culkin's here. Will you ever go back and play for Balnau at any stage? Hopefully. I'd love to, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Donald where does your nickname BHG come from? I haven't heard that one. Uh, I've yeah, I don't know. Is it a slag there or what it is? But um, <laughs> how much? How much should you move per week? Oh no, Darty! How much do you reckon you should be moving per week? Um, do something every day, but maybe four or five times a week would be would be standard enough guidelines. Yeah, I think, and like that, I think it just differs for for everybody, doesn't it? Like, yeah, um, this whole thing about burning out—it's pretty difficult unless you're doing a yeah. lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, moving, whether it's a walk, whether it's a run, whether it's a weightlifting session, is always gonna is is always gonna benefit you. Um, what else have we got here, David? I think that's uh, that's everyone's questions answered. Everyone that's come true, we've had the uh, worst your worst injury. Uh, I broke my leg when I was about eighteen. That was probably my worst one yet. Came out yeah. about six months. And Orla has jumped on here. Who's your favourite cousin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, answer that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Listen, David, thanks so much for jumping on. Um, hopefully we see you back training soon and back on the gym as well, as soon as we're yeah, up. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, uh, thanks so much for jumping on board, dude. Perfect. Cheers, Steve. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon, man. Yeah, yeah. See ya. All right, guys, huge thanks to David. Great insight to how he's handling everything at the minute and from, I suppose, how he's gotten to the point that he is at. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him playing for Ireland again. So definitely one to watch um, over the near future. Guys, thanks a million for coming on board. I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great day. All right, guys, that is a wrap on another episode. Thank you for joining me this week on the Gym and Tonic podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.thegymballina.ie, for more great content. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and you'll never miss another episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would really appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. If you like this podcast, you might want to check out our social media platforms. On Instagram, at the underscore gym underscore Balana, or on Facebook, at the gym Balana. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. That's it from me, Stephen, at the Gym and Tonic Podcast. And remember, this is what we do.